Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 63 of the Coffee Club podcast. Took the week off last week, so we're fresh and ready to go. Lots happening. We just uh, got back from Austin a few days ago where we raced the much-anticipated Cross Champs, which it kind of went how you would expect in a lot of ways, I guess, thinking about it now. I haven't really reflected on it until this exact moment right now, but it kind of went how you expect it, but then also it was a slight letdown in other ways, I would say. But overall, for us, I think we all come away from it saying it was a great experience just getting to travel to Austin and race with the team. Mm. That was special. So, yeah, that's obviously what today's episode is going to be about. But, yeah, boys, how are we feeling? Back in the studio. Yeah, back into it. I'm just remembering how much we hyped up. that was my reflection right there i was like morgan was thinking about it in his head he was literally doing the math in his head yeah i was like yeah we talked about it for a long time and then it was just a it was just a race which we knew it was gonna be we got some appreciation though for our uh broadcasting for our free marketing yeah for the cross champs yeah it's not gonna be free next year yeah we're gonna we'll charge for i was gonna say we did help him out a lot because like everybody was hearing about it through coffee club so well our our fan base was which was like Mm -hmm. pretty big for for austin i mean in general i'm thinking good team trip i think it was a good team trip we were staying in like a haunted mansion i don't know what the fuck was going on but there was like these head bust heads of animals and old wooden creaky floors and stuff it was just like a kind of like a spooky little austin getaway it was pretty fun with the team massive place yeah we were in the the governor's mansion which had i don't know how many people could have slept there but it was like 12 bedrooms which was sick because originally we we're going to be in a hotel and all in hotel rooms which would have kind of sucked rich looked he crunched the numbers and saw like it would be the same price maybe even cheaper for us to just get like a massive mansion in austin and austin's an interesting city where there's just like, there's obviously a lot of new stuff there, but then there's all these kind of hidden away, just mansions of these crazy, wealthy, or important like Texas people. And so we're in one of those, which is very cool to be with the whole team, being able to just like hang out. The vibes there in the Airbnb were pretty good, I'd say. Pretty chill. Very good. I think George was the only one that used the pool. Oh no, Kip used the pool, but you were the only one that <laughs> like jumped in. Yeah. A couple of times. Pool didn't get much use. Pool, pool didn't get much use. It was pretty cold. To I'm be pretty honest. sure Kip went for a run like in the dark yeah. at like five o'clock in the morning then was just sitting in the pool submerged for 20 minutes <laughs> Submer- it was freezing too. yeah he got out of the pool looking like he was just like shaking yeah constantly shaking kip is our one of our uh, treatment guys for anyone who's wondering actually we all went in the pool after the race to ice oh, oh yeah i put my ankles we both in did because my ankles were Cause, absolutely because our bodies were pretty fucked pretty after fucked. the race so um, we went in the pool then yeah but george didn't want to fully took advantage of the pool and then in general like the kitchen the oven broke so we couldn't really use the oven um so we just pretty much okay so we had the uh the classic ordering doordash for like 20 people which is always a fun time to do i had a curry the night before the race it was bloody good the the salmon one see i i messed up the order i felt so bad oh i thought they just messed up no i was the one that i because i put everyone's list down and then i thought i had everyone's food down and i missed your um your curry your korma, lamb korma, that's what you ordered. And I, I was looking through everything and Yared, Yared ordered two fucking entrees <laughs> and the dude like just hounds down food. He just doesn't, like he just needs to eat constantly. And I think I got overwhelmed by Yared's order that I forgot George's. Hey, Yared, um, Yared put back two curries the night before and that yeah. that's confirms why he ran so well. It just makes sense looking back and it is so obvious why he crushed it. Yeah, well, up. he definitely like, we were going through the course and we'll get to the course in a little bit. But he was definitely giving me the vibe of like, 
yeah, I don't want to fucking be here. <laughs> I just want to go, like, he just wants to crush it, but he's just like, this course looks fucking, looks interesting for Yara, like the way he runs. But he was like light. He was, he was, yeah, he just killed it. So, yeah, we may as well just go, th- let's just go through our chip because we've kind of bounced around a little bit already. We'll just break it down so you guys at home can experience exactly what we experienced. <laughs> it was, it was, honestly, it was an awesome time. So we get to Austin and then, um, the next day we go day before the race we go for our little Mm pre-meet which was walking uh walking over the course and doing a jog around it and we park and we're starting to walk over to like where we the track is where we're going to put our bags and we see the i don't even know what you'd call the the four-wheeler vehicle that was driving (laughs) around that was the lead vehicle for the race yeah it's unbelievable it was like this crazy like souped out like i don't know you're taking like the swamps type yeah type thing there's nothing it couldn't drive over like it was badass (laughs) it was fucking sick and so if that gives you any indication of what was required to (laughs) to move across the ground that was the first red flag (laughs) when we saw what was required as a lead vehicle instead of a golf cart (laughs) yeah and so like literally it's at a nice private school and it's just kind of like a little dinky grass patch which like doesn't even look like people would walk across it like it's like yeah you wouldn't go there like Mm. and then that's where we walk across and wait wait is this the course? And then we realized that we're, we're walking across the course and we're like, hmm, this doesn't look very nice. <laughs> and it was like, the crazy thing was like, the more that we saw of it, we're like, hang on, like we have to run like around here and like down there. And it's just like grass that was like, not manicured at all, not like looked after and just like a ton of rocks and stuff in it. It was described as flat and... What was it? There was there was two pancakes. Pancake flat. Yeah, like, I think that was the word. Description pancake was flat. pancake flat, and it wasn't. It looked like like a fucking. It just looked like a fucking nightmare. To be honest, with the the, the, the undulation and then <clears throat> just the sections of just unrunnable uh, grass or road, and we're kind of walking through it like pissing ourselves laughing. We thought it was hilarious because like there's just no yeah. way. And uh, it's three feet wide. Yeah, it's just <laughs> so skinny. And so at this point in time, we were told there's gonna be 85 people in the mm-hmm. race like from what rich was telling me something and there's no way 85 people can like get through here it was like two to three meters wide yeah. in sections it was so narrow and it was just like okay we'll, we'll go through the course try and keep an open mind but it was just hard not to laugh at like how bad this was because like we come from like the last couple races we did probably in cross country was so well like set up with the course where we're coming to this course here where it's just like very narrow kind of like through this like obviously it's just not obviously like course. shit just, ground where you're gonna sprain your ankle yeah, like the hay that they made a kind of big deal out of having a hay bale in the course yeah. before it the reason there was a hay bale is because there was a cement slab that just went across the course so in order to cover it up they put hay on either side I of call it. it a slab i called a fucking wall it was yeah. like a wall it like was a cement like- wall <laughs> so like that's why there was hay so it was just like ridiculous stuff like that it was just funny we're just pissing ourselves we're just laughing joe was like joe was laughing he's like this could be my last race bro yeah like we're just like trying to like we're like all right well i hope this doesn't like end our career yeah joe goes like yeah man this course is gonna be like terrible for anyone that has like tip post problems and i'm just like yeah thank god i don't have those meanwhile (laughs) like our calves are just always fucked like that type of stuff so it was just hilarious and i think that we have to make it very clear that we're not complaining about a course like being difficult like we think i think we're all on the same page where if a course is difficult like that's actually a really good thing for us like that's that's exciting like having hills and even like some tougher terrain to run on but to us there's a very big difference between 
a course that is like challenging and exciting and a course that just clearly hasn't been like thought through mm, and yeah. it's just like actually dangerous and just like almost unrunnable i was actually like going through <laughs> this course, a good point and that was there was that was a tough thing was like going through the course rit, 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 uh, ritz is an eternal optimist so he's always gonna be positive until afterwards when you reassess but even at that point he was like yeah if i'd known about the course before him he wouldn't be running it and like a lot of other coaches were the same because they were worried about like situations where you have like you're in the middle of the pack, you didn't get out, and you can't see a cement wall. You run into it, or you land, and you like you sprain your ankle or stuff like that. Like for a lot of those athletes, it's just not worth it that early in the season to to have that risk. But in general, like there was definitely a way which you could probably set up a better course, and that was apparently they did have a cross country course at school. But it wasn't grass. I think. The well, there's just there's just were, in Austin. There's a bunch of other but that courses that they course. could have done yeah. the race on. Well, the school had a cross country course, and the the coach did say to Dathan that the reason why they didn't have it in the cross country course is because the meet specifically said we want grass, and the course wasn't grass. It was like some sort of gravel. I mean, the reason we didn't go last year, and the reason a lot of people didn't go last year, was because it was at Nantesac, yeah. and so we all figured with a year of thought put into it. Hmm. and people okay people didn't want to run 10k on the high school hills of mount sang we'll, we'll spend this year with and we've got a great opportunity to actually like come up with something really good so we all had like a lot of faith in that and then we get there <laughs> it's like how how much thought has really gone yeah. into this well coach hunter <laughs> it's just surprising and- like Coach Hunter was, they were at the Mount Sac Tim and guys. And I could see like Coach Hunter's face. And it's just like, that's not a good yeah, indication well, of like, they, they ran at Mount Sac and they probably would say, oh, Mount Sac is probably a little worse, but th- like, this isn't what they were expecting. But for reference, Coach Hunter was throwing rocks off the course yeah. while we were jogging. She was around. getting <laughs> sticks as well and like flicking out stuff. Yeah. Like her, I mean, most of the coaches that went around, I think, were like, talking to the meet and just trying to get them to like widen things yeah that was what was happening the day before coaches the coaches were like kind of stressing to get jesse to change certain things because it was just it was as if no one had tried to run fast in it before because there were such obvious things that if you're running fast if you're walking on the course yeah maybe you're like this is fine to walk on but if you're running fast in it there's very there's very obvious things like certain turns and stuff where it's just like this is silly like you get hit in the head with branches and stuff like there was stuff like that and then there was a section of the course where you come off and you're running on a literal concrete road for about 200 meters yeah and people can be wearing spikes because it was slippy and muddy and it's just the course was just all it was all terrain it was literally the vehicle was a symbol of what the course required for your body it was you had to be able to get through everything and i mean like like you said Cross country, when you have difficulty, it's great, but it's got to be in a certain yeah. When you ask people about running Oklahoma State, everyone says that course is so hard, but when you look at that course, it's like a beautifully mm-hmm. like custom made yeah. cross country course with super wide. The grass is like immaculate, rock hard. You can run every single turn mm. at full pace, but people still say it's very hard. So there's like that's a big difference between Terre Haute's the same Wisconsin Nutty Comb yeah you don't feel like you're risking your career by running them (laughs) but they're still very hard it's just little things like that like people were like thinking oh I'm gonna go over the uh, hay bill I'm gonna go around the hay bill people like practicing we did that we went through the course and did some strides and stuff and once we got I tell you what it's a huge advantage for us and for the other teams that were there beforehand because a lot of other other athletes who didn't have that privilege were going into this uh, cold turkey and that's kind of scary when you like don't even know the course and you like come up with like with certain situations like that and you're just not aware of it. 
but we were lucky enough to kind of and other teams that were there earlier will go through the course do some strides and feel like okay this is what this was going to be like like kind of simulate a little bit of what the race could entail but it yeah. was just kind of crazy. I think that definitely helped us a lot. Yeah. But I hope we're not coming off as too pretentious right now. <laughs> yeah. We're just complaining because... But I think it's just like when you think about it also, we haven't mentioned the fact that it was a gold label cross-country race, which is the highest level of certification that a cross-country race can mm-hmm. have. You just have certain expectations for, yeah, essentially the safety of the people running. And then also, I feel really bad. See, we are lucky because on running paid for our trip. Yep. I feel really bad for there are a lot of people there who probably spent upwards or over a thousand dollars to go race. And then this is what they're given to race on. And it's just, come on, like, that's not very cool. Like if people are, if you're trying to hype up a meet, make a gold label, get all these people there, make a big deal out of it. Just like mm. there's simple boxes that you have to tick. Exactly. And we are, we are complaining a bit, but also we could have, being in Boston, <laughs> running a 5K, but we chose to yeah. go out and run a team cross-country race in Austin. And I feel like there has to be like a level. Well, it's a professional. Like yeah. the, the, there are amateur <laughs> athletes at that meet, but they're going to a gold label meet. Gold label meet is like there's professional athletes there. And the one thing that is great about what Sound Running was able to do is they were able to get hype around a cross-country race for professional athletes. That's amazing. That's what we want. We want to grow the sport. We want to be able to um, create that environment and be excited about it. But there's a certain level of professionalism you have to have. And I felt like we will go into this course. No one's ever run it before. It just got set up for this meet through a high school. It just felt a bit um, underwhelming. And I and like Morgan said, like we're fortunate enough to be able to do that without out-of-pocket costs. But there were people out there who were running. And I saw people drop out because they rolled their ankle or something like that. And they probably paid $1,000 plus to be there. And it's just... That's tough. And I think the cool thing about this is that it's, it's growth, right? So hopefully, I mean, Austin apparently has like a lot of places you could run cross country, right? Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be at Austin either. Yeah, that's true. Well, it's it, supposed to be there for the running meet, but no one went from the running meet came to the meet. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's the other context. Yeah. Definitely. Good. And we did go, that was the next step. After seeing the course, we got to participate in the running event, mm-hmm. which actually cool. is very cool. Yeah. yeah, you should explain what the running event is for people that don't know. It's just apparently an a- annual thing. Mm-hmm. It happens every year, always in Austin. It's pretty much a huge convention for every brand and running, pretty much. Running and specialty, go, right? Is it? Is it running specialty or is it running overall? It is running specialty, but I don't know if it's like limited to that. Yeah. I didn't pretty see much any, any running brands. Yeah. Anything related to running. Yeah. And they go show new products and give out samples. Yeah, just do it. it's probably just a lot of networking, a yeah. lot of like business deals. It's probably, yeah, the brand's trying to show off their stuff for the next year or two. And then there's probably a lot of the, yeah, the buyers. I don't know what they're called in the business, but the people that like do the, like represent, say like a fleet feet type store, like looking like what shoes they want to get in. But yeah. mostly probably just networking, getting to know people in the industry. That was crazy that they were saying, yeah, running the specialty stores are going to like the on, so on has a big, stall thing stand and so do every brand and they they're making orders for these specialty stores for two years from now yeah so far away like they're ordering products so far out and that's kind of what it's for so we went and did a Q&A thing these boys did a press conference okay I have to I have to make a comment about the press conference because yeah, it was a press conference for the cross country it was meet. in the Brooks um, kind of thing and Brooks had a really cool setup they had like running people on top and everything like that um, I have to make a comment about the press conference because like make your comment 
Garrett Heath and Jesse. Um, they were, were actually well prepared. Yeah, I thought they that's did. My, well. That's my I opinion. I, I think they could be better prepared because they, number one, had made crucial mistakes on people's resumes. And I think you can't do that if you're hyping up these individual athletes and you're talking about them and trying to gain um, following about it. Like, for example, they said Alicia Monson was an NCAA champion in cross country. That is incorrect. They said that... Nata- I think they meant to say she was a U.S. champion in cross country. They didn't mention uh, Joe Klecker's U.S. 10K championship when they were announcing him, which I thought was a bit of a weird thing not to announce. Yeah. They, um, they made some errors on people's just, like... It, it, like stuff like that is like you need to know that sort of stuff I like, feel like that's the first press conference I've been to though that people have even tried to do that introduce, introduce them yeah introduce them with like some accolades I know but I think but so that, I would the expect that they try. Yeah, I expect I, them to know I, I think they were biting off a bit more than they could chew like, I, I agree like I think it was impressive that they even tried to do it but yeah it was kind of funny like because there was how many athletes were there like eight they made it difficult by putting like 10 people (laughs) they put a lot of people in and they didn't have notes or anything and so then they just had to go down the line and yeah rattle off the accolades of everyone that is pretty pretty difficult to do when you have all these different athletes so i agree that you shouldn't be making mistakes like that but i mean it's a gold label cross-country meet that's 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 yeah it's just i there's a i might be a bit pretentious because i have a high standard but like for example natasha rogers made the world's team they didn't mention it no, they did. They I don't think they did. They mentioned her cross-country prowess in college. Yeah. I don't think they mentioned No, when you put it lives. like that about the gold, put it in the context of a gold label cross-country meet again, it's like, yeah, you would maybe expect there to be like a, more like a PR team type thing, or at least a one person who, I just, that's yeah. their job to take care of that. Whereas the, as you can tell from kind of all our like complaints is like, this was pretty bare bones and it was the organizers just kind of like taking on a lot and just like doing the best with it. I just feel like... They definitely, they definitely did the best that they could with the situation that they had. But I think if it's a gold label meet, surely they could get more resources to help them make it as polished as possible. Because it did feel very unpolished for like a meet that where it's worth more than, like for example, I think that gold label cross country win is worth more than like Joe Klecker getting top ten at Worlds. It's worth a lot Shiller for the ten k rankings. Yeah. So well, like for me, like I think that's important. It's like Emily Infield came down to race that to try and get those points. Like those individual athletes coming in, like just, I feel like they it, it should be a bit more polished. I might be a bit, <laughs> a bit too harsh on them because I think they obviously like did the best that they could with the situation. But it's because your I last just, race was the Zurich Diamond League final. Yeah, <laughs> no, but I just I get annoyed when like when like little things like that you get wrong. Yeah, I, it it makes me feel like like you're you're supposed to be a super like not a super fan, but you're into the sport and you don't know these like. What, what I thought was odd was that they made a big deal about linking cross champs and the running event yeah. and they were saying kind of that was always the plan and that last year was kind of a a trial run but they were always intending on having it in austin yeah i didn't know linking that. it to the running event but in reality the apart from the press conference because it was, it was sponsored by brooks like the running event and the race were not they just happened to be in austin at the same, same time, time yeah. Yeah. And, but no one from the running the running event was happening while the race was on so no one could leave the running one event person did. to go one person. Carl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there are a few people. Work, I think like work. the Brooks people there. But yeah, you're right. Like, I think that's another one of those things where it's just like, in theory, that sounds like, yeah, let's yeah. link him. But then it's actually like, no, like these people are busy working at the thing. They can't come drive half an hour away to go watch a cross-country race. While in, like, in a high school where you have to have ID, you have to be able to get in and like just turn up and race. Yeah. 
I feel like there's some race, but if they want to do them together, I, I feel like there's got to be. A I think way. it was just convenient for for, yeah. for them to organize it yeah. because then like everyone was just gonna be there, and it's just yeah a bit of a link. But yeah, the link itself was pretty unnecessary. If you really want to have the race like successful on its own, like the running event, good for the press conference, but yeah, it didn't really add anything else to Brooks. the race. <laughs> Yeah. It was at the Brooks uh, thing, like yeah, but that it doesn't even matter for them because it's not like there's public but, there. I mean, the thing anything. that people it doesn't actually yeah. matter. No, and people like walking. I remember watching it, people walking past, looking, and then just kept walking. Was he not even like videoing the press conference? Could you uh, watch? There's that? a couple people taking I don't know if photos. Could. There were some reels that were posted. Yeah, I mean, actually, to be honest, I've been extremely critical, so <laughs> I, I I do feel bad. But the positive side was that I think some of the questions that they were asking and responses to I thought were quite good because I, I look back at some of the reels of um, Courtney Wayman speaking um, they also got that wrong about her <laughs> well, that was a funny question uh, about being on the team that won the yeah. they, they, are, they asked her about racing at BYU and the last time uh, they won and then trying to do that again with their teammates and she was like yeah actually I wasn't on that yeah, BYU team see that's another thing when like you gotta know <laughs> also Pat was on stage <laughs> yes and Pat wasn't running and they also said Pat ran a 2.10 marathon when he ran a 2.11 marathon was it was just a little 2.11 to 11. It was just little things like that. It's like, I, I hate to blow smoke, but it just, I didn't like how unpolished that was. But the questions that they were asking and the responses they were getting from the athletes, I thought was really cool because it was interesting to see people's perspectives, like a lot of perspectives because it was like 10 people on stage. That was cool. Also love the, uh, the, uh, the question they asked Wesley Kipto and the way he responded to it was actually pretty cool. What was it? It was like, because uh, Wesley's known to go out like really hard and just like smash the start of the race. And they're like, are we going to see that? And he's like, pretty much just said that there's a lot of good athletes here and it's always going to be fast when you have those type of talent. So we're going to go for it. He just, he just kind of like went with it. He just, it was cool how he answered that question. Like hearing him speak about that, like I've, I've always liked the aspect of those kind of um, interactions with athletes and, and press conferences. So they did a really good job with that, I think. Yeah, the, the running event itself was actually sick. Mm-hmm. It's weird because I don't really think of myself as someone who cares about that stuff that much. But then honestly, being there is like you could just like geek out and just go to all these different companies, have their booths there and just like see their products. And it's pretty sick. I almost like bought some freaking ice spikes <laughs> there was one i don't know if you guys got to this one because it's kind of on the other side but there was a booth which they sell I, I don't know what the company is i apologize but it's not they don't sell like actual just like individual ice spikes that you put in they sell like the things that are kind of made of plastic that you just put over your shoes and it seems like it actually works pretty well and they had blocks of ice inside the convention center so you, you could, could like test them out walking on ice and I don't know why, but that kind of caught my eye. I was like, yeah, I kind of want... Because it had been snowing like the two weeks before here in Boulder. I was like, man, that'd be pretty nice. Did you see the entire booth dedicated to pickle juice? No. There was like, a pickle was, juice booth? Yeah, it's like pickle juice is like an electrolyte drink. Sure. Genius. <laughs> Genius. I didn't try it. Well, the cherry juice one, like I I grabbed some of the cherry juice stuff and then I think I gave it to you. Yeah, because I love my cherry And then juice. I walked around back and he's like, I'm not giving you any more, buddy. Yeah. Join, we, joined the, we joined the cherry wars. The de- yeah, the cherry wars. We joined that cherry wars fight. Damn, the cherry wars. It's been going on for a while. Diodora had the coolest uh, Yeah, they won setup. just because they had the they coffee They had a Mazoko machine. machine, like giving out free coffee. That was freaking sweet. And like, they actually had a really cool booth, I thought. It was like simple, but like very polished. I love, I love that word at the moment. Coffee Club Dream Machine. Oh, dude. So I got to custom that Lemazoka machine. If no one's got an end there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh God, they're so... I love those machines. They're just so beautiful. It's like a work of art for me. Like, they're such beautiful machines. But that was cool. We were able to get some espresso. Um, 
but in general like that running I, I didn't even know like something like that existed until going to Austin so that was a cool thing because like in the sport like we're so like focused on competition and and uh, performance we're not focused on like just the general market of running specialty it was cool to see that it's always weird to see how different like the whole business side of the sport is and then yeah. you like the uh, being a professional runner like for us like it's our whole world and you think of it as being like a big deal but then you realize like it's actually just in terms of running as a business it's just one small part of it and there's all these other stuff going on and yeah it is just cool to see though and just to meet people and obviously get to meet um, a bunch of fans and stuff should say thank you to everyone that came up to us and gave us uh nice words and all that and especially some love the people that also came out to the race i just want to yeah. make mm-hmm. sure we thank them as well because we got to meet a lot of cool fans out there and all that so that's always cool because the thing is coming away from it you realize this podcast that room essentially of the exhibition the convention center sorry was like that's our target audience mm-hmm. essentially like running super like this podcast is so niche if you're into running but just casually like our podcast still won't really resonate with you it's really just the people that are like massive fans of running and probably like work in the industry in some way that like appreciate the podcast we're so gonna thank have you. A, we're gonna have a booth there eventually we'll have a coffee club booth and gus will be sitting at the uh at the desk just waiting for people just meeting greets meeting yeah. greets signing just ten dollars a signature for yeah, a gus for signature a for a poor signature from gus i mean it's a great idea yeah i mean i yeah again like it's just really nice to see fans come out and like get excited and support not just us, but like our team and uh, everyone else out there, because yeah, it's 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 a nice it's a nice thing to have, and um, I think fan engagement and access on a meet like that is pretty cool too, because like a lot of bigger meets you can't get as easy access to to athletes and being able to go up and get a photo and sign an autograph, it, it, it's pretty cool. So thank you for everyone that came out. I actually had some run specialty guys, a couple of store, maybe not necessarily store owners, but people working in stores. They were legit asking me what what shoe I ran in and like and and what couple of shoes like they should sell and like what I actually thought of them. You're working funny. as a salesperson for on. Yeah, I should have <laughs> taken commission. You should have <laughs> taken commission for that. Well, that's like that is like a very legitimate part of uh, like why brands sponsor professional athletes is just to legitimize the the product oh, because yeah, those people that um, are in charge of yeah the sales and buying the product they trust our opinion on shoes quite a lot i would Mm -hmm. say because back when i was with under armor and they were still like in the kind of earlier stages of developing like a good running shoe i would get calls from people who actually ask me being like yeah like i'm hearing this like can you tell me actually though like is this a good shoe should i order it are people gonna run on it so it is a real thing they're not very honest i said (laughs) fucking shit don't buy it (laughs) (laughs) there are like huge marketing campaigns out there for a shoe that we might not necessarily run in. Which is crazy, huh? I got questions. And then, yeah. and then sometimes, in some cases, we actually do all choose to run in it. But the monster. I get, the monster. I, get, we get yeah. question, I get questions when I was at the on booth about all these shoes that I've never run in before. And I'm just telling them, I was like, look, I don't get those shoes. And they're like, gob, like gobsmacked. They think that we you know, get every shoe and try every shoe. But it's interesting with like a brand like that, particularly how big on is right now. They have um, these shoes coming out. And like, for example, like the Cloud Go, I don't think like a lot of our teammates have tried that yet but that's a cool shoe and that like just came out but we we never touched it in the development stage like the monster we did but um it's just it's crazy to think like the way the brand's growing like a lot of brands there's just so many different shoes now that um they want your opinion on all of them so like 
it's interesting to have the athlete's perspective on that for sure. It's just like we're not going to always be able to try every single shoe. There are some very cool orange shoes coming out in 2023, though. They are very cool. We got to get a little sneak peek, didn't we, boys? I got to say, the coolest thing about orange shoes now is that the shoes themselves are getting really, really good in terms of performance and like just being actual good running shoes. And they're also just they, they all just like look really cool now yeah mm-hmm. all the new like ones are always like, on has cool looking shoes it always has but now it's like all their shoes yeah. look fucking sick and they're just like exciting to wear there's there's one shoe in particular that i don't know if we can mention on the pod but there's we were looking at it when we were at the store and me and george luckily were sample size we're trying it on we're like the fat boy yeah the fat boy no. oh god <laughs> me and george were just uh we're getting a bit too excited with that one i think we wanted to steal it from the from the shop you should have you should have but yeah, so it was very cool um, to be part of the running event in the small capacity that we were. Hopefully, we'll be back next year. I guess we'll see where the, what happens if the race is in Austin again. Then we'll be back. I think like, do you guys think predicting wise? Because this meet technically was a success, right? You had a lot of athletes turn up, a lot of fans turn up. The course was the only kind of issue. Maybe like from that's that how, success, that's how this episode goes. <laughs> yeah, depends. I mean, if that if they've got success from that, maybe they could build on it to to get a better course the next one and get more teams to get to participate and it's gold label so it's yeah I, I obviously like i don't know what the metrics of yeah. success are for uh, me like this How would but you it? i know that jesse will get who's the he is sound running his mm-hmm. name is jesse he will get a shit ton of feedback about the course so i assume that will be the major major change next year will be a different course and i think yeah next year as ollie already mentioned um, it'll be a bit more like Ritz will be more like more we're not gonna we're not gonna come unless we know that the course is gonna be a little bit yeah. better. And I don't want to toot our own horn, <laughs> but a combination of coffee club before the race and OAC during the race, Loki made that meet. Yeah. <laughs> we I'm definitely helped. Lie. We definitely. Dude, helped. I, I actually had the I had the best interaction with a fan. I don't think he he realized. I feel like they need us, but. Uh, <laughs> Like during the race when I was just like a hundred meters ahead, he's yelling out, No one's getting those fucking points, yeah <laughs> Just cheering. I was like, Oh, that just gave me fuel to go for another couple uh, laps. Alright, well I guess we have to get into yeah, the race now because it. it's 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 getting too exciting. So race day was sweet. The race this is kinda of weird for a cross country race, our first time doing this I imagine. The races went until four thirty and so five or five thirty, which is so wild for a cross country race. You just assume it's gonna be in the morning, but race day super chill get there ready to go the conditions were it was a kind of cold day for austin but that made it pretty ideal conditions for actually really nice for racing so that was sick but um yeah i was pretty nervous well i wasn't actually very nervous i couldn't tell if i was nervous can you can can you let us know now when you decided to race or not race oh yeah so i didn't even like so yeah, I, I forgot that that's what's happening. But, <laughs> so I've had a knee issue for like a long time now, which we're trying to get on top of. But on Sunday before the race, the race was on Thursday, we did like the most cross-country style workout. It was a pretty funny situation <coughs> where our workout originally was just like a pretty standard fart like that we've done like a hundred times. And then Rich changed it on it the day. Changed it. We <laughs> he changed every it. Every fart like we And we're like, oh, what's it. going on here? And the workout, I would say, was kind of like a lot more intense than previous because we had these 800 meter reps on Those the grass, which were sick to do, except fucked up my leg pretty good. Because <laughs> then after it, I had like this pretty sharp pain on my shin. And I guess it was like one of the attachments right up against the bone. But it was like, the pain was right in the bone so if i have like 
a bone injury, I'm not going to want to race on it. But if it's more, if it's something else, like you can run on it and probably won't make it worse. So yeah, leaning into the race, I was stressing pretty bad because I just didn't know if I was going to actually race or not because I didn't know exactly what I was dealing with here. So, and it was pretty sore. Like after that workout, like Sunday evening, Monday, Tuesday, like I'm like struggling to run very much at all. So. I'm kind of stressing out and I really wanted to race like so bad. Like we've been preparing for it for so long. I really wanted to do this race with the team because it's probably the only race that we're going to do yeah. as a whole that team. Was the big, that was a big like motivation for so all of us. Like, man, I don't want to like, like let the guys down type thing. And then, yeah, the day before it felt okay. It was improving across those days. So that's kind of why I thought I would be fine to race the day before. Uh, I still wasn't sure, but it felt pretty good. And then luckily kip our treatment guy came down got a lot of treatment and then when i did the shakeout that morning i could feel a little bit but not too much i was like oh, i'm ready to go like things will be fine and then i stopped thinking about it because it's pretty shitty to be simultaneously worrying about a race and then worrying about if your leg is, <laughs> is fucked or not you want to just be able to to put all your uh energy eggs in, in one basket all yeah. your eggs into the one about the race basket. so that was not fun but then, so we're locked in now though <laughs> yeah and then i was like uh whatever happens happens because so this was this is uh yeah it was kind of tough because i had like a pretty real talk with ritz the day before uh where i was like yeah like, i don't know like what's going on here exactly and then ritz did the did the maneuver of like well you're the one that knows your body the best so you know, I'm going to like leave it up to you to make the decision. And, <laughs> and, and like, I trust you. And I'm like, yeah, I really appreciate that you're saying that. But, but last time that happened, I, I had a stress reaction and I raced through it. <laughs> and so just so you know, like maybe I'm not the best judgment. Yeah, he would never do that to me as well. If I said I had a niggle or some injury, he'd be like, that's it. You're not, you're not, you're not running. You're not running. Like, cause yeah. he would just won't trust my judgment at all with my body. Yeah. But with you, like he has a confidence in you cause you know your body pretty well. But yeah, but for people that don't know, that happened to me in college yeah. one time where I was at conference and I had That's had this right. pain for two weeks and Mick was like, yeah, it's up to you, man, if you want to race or not. And I was like, fuck it, I'm going to race. And then I like had a broken foot. Well, the, 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 you, won the, you won the 3K or the 5K and then and apparently the you were like, you did the double and you were yeah. hobbling. And yeah. Mick was like, where is he? Where is he? Like, he's not running. And then all of a sudden Morgan just sneaks into the line and he starts to yeah. race. It was like, so that one was clear because... I wasn't sure. See, this is why my head was so fucked leading into the race because by the race day of the 3K, I couldn't feel my foot pain at all. Like, I, it was there was no pain there at all. And then after racing the 3K and then the 5K, my foot was like fucked. fucked yeah. So that's why I was like to Ritz, yeah, like, I do appreciate you... Giving me the range. Like, yeah, yeah having it like this. But also, just so you know, past experience... <laughs> I've had this happen before. <laughs> I have a bit of PTSD. I feel like everyone's had... I've been in that situation so many times. It's shit. You just don't know. Yeah. With Smith, before I... When I qualified for Instagram's altitude, that one time, that morning, I'd been to uh, Hypo 2 guys in Flag. People know them. And I like... My metatarsal was like double the size of the other one. <laughs> Jesus. I was like, this is not good. I'm going to go up there. And he's like, yeah, dude, you. this is either fractured or like there's definitely bunch of bone stress in here you shouldn't run you definitely shouldn't race tonight <laughs> like i drove up there just being like all right shit, i gotta you gotta see what this guy says and then he's like yeah you should take some time off and i was like wow if i'm if i'm gonna take time off already <laughs> may, I as, may well. as well just do one more race tonight <laughs> it's gonna logic, the logic's there the logic's i told there. smith there and he's like yeah 
dude, up to you. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, all right, well, if it hurts, maybe I'll like, I'll just like stop after a lap. And he's like, fuck no. If you start this race, you'll finish it. I was yeah. like, all right, fair enough. That's a hard, it's always so hard to be in that situation. Cause so then I qualify for install blazer and then I just stop running. It just yeah. sounds like a gamble. It just literally sounds yeah. like a gamble. Well, like you, you just, just roll the dice. Yeah, and you just don't know exactly what's going on most right. of the time. So it's really hard. But so yeah, that was my situation leading the race. But then yeah, after the shakeout, I was like, all right, we're good to go. Like I'm going to run on it and should be fine based on how it was responding to everything. So yeah, put that in my mind, time to race. So then we turn up to the race it was yeah it's a like when you don't race for a bit and then you go back to the pre-race vibes where it's all the tents and everyone's got the music in it's always like oh yeah i, I remember this it's kind of exciting nostalgia. a little bit scary and yeah definitely a lot of nostalgia with cross country especially mm. because it's something we haven't done for a too long um classic situation when there was just like one bathroom that everyone had to share <laughs> yeah. pretty terrible that was that sucked yeah, it's that always like suck. that and everyone yeah. you just keep seeing the same people in the bathroom they're like wow i've seen you here like four times in the last 10 minutes it's like yeah sorry um but warmed up very chill vibe at this race obviously because it's just yeah not much going on so <laughs> there were like 40 people there yeah very chill vibe we're on the start line that start line um, was kind of like weird as it well. was just a free-for-all yeah. no boxes nothing no boxes yeah everyone had everyone had their coaches or someone associated with the team go and stand on the start line like 10 minutes before the race so that they could reserve the spot for their runners so that's a, that's the type of meet that i was if that gives you any indication and probably like middle school vibes yeah. <laughs> big middle school vibes before the race though it was cool because like there was I, I just had so much anticipation going into it because i'm looking at the field and there's so many talented guys here and you just don't know who's going to show up on the day and then the big thing that we should mention is that after only 400 meters of running or even less is when it narrows out so mm. the start was fine in terms of the width of the course that was good but very quickly it becomes to the point where only you can run two or three wide bottleneck yeah. literally like two or three wide which yeah for a field of that size which, which was like 70 people and a lot of talent it was like wow that's gonna be crazy so speaking, we, of, <laughs> speaking of not knowing who shows up on the day two minutes before the race starts i see edwin kurget oh like, yeah the line and is there edwin god damn it <laughs> <laughs> edwin kurget over there yeah. NCAA champ. Like, yeah. it's definitely one of those but so we had decided before the race i think when we were running around we were like yeah we obviously want to get out pretty fast so we're near the front but we don't want to kill ourselves but then by the time we got to the start line i think we were just like fuck it we just got to get out really hard yeah. because we i thought know what everyone would be thinking exactly. the same thing but like everyone's going to be thinking get, the right, hell out. get yeah. to the front that's the only that's the only way yeah so i was just so psyched to sprint as fast as i could for the first one because i'm like well everyone's going to be doing it so like I, I, we got to do it and then the gun goes off and for us it was just a mad dash and it was like it didn't so we were to my left because i was on the very left of like the oac people was andrew collie who is uh with zap and he's a really good runner and he yeah. did really well and he got out super hard as well and so i was like kind of racing him i was like all right i should be in front of this guy just assuming that he was a good barometer for how fast everyone else in the field was going but he wasn't he was also going out extremely fast because then after 400 meters like we were all just at the front <laughs> of the race i'm like oh that wasn't that bad <laughs> except for ollie was like 20 meters ahead of everyone <laughs> i was also super psyched up. i was like i gotta get out the front because like I was definitely going through the mindset. Actually, to be honest, I have to be I have to be upfront with it. I actually didn't want to do the race. Like I was pretty scared. 
because I just felt like I'm a bit of a wonky person and that like if something happens like I'll I'll like I always think it's going to happen to me which is like a very it's very never, yeah, bad it's not worth it mind, mindset to have like I'm thinking about like the worst case scenarios which I shouldn't have been thinking about before the race like I'm going to like break my ankle I'm going to like fall over and hurt myself and I'm not going to be able to run like the back home, like you know the rest of the year like I had that mindset so I was freaking out secretly and I was like I got to get out I don't care how far ahead I am I just got to get out and got away from everyone and then once I got out because I've been so used to 1500 meter miles of just going out like an absolute freight train I got out I was like oh that was easy and then I look around I was like so far on the lead I was like fuck it let's just just keep going and then see where we are because like I mean for us like the team title was the goal right we just wanted to win the team title and then obviously if, if Morgan and Joe can get close to the front get those uh 10k points but I just took off and the um, I saw the, the fucking that big monster truck in front of me and I was like, just follow this thing for as long as possible and see what happens. I was so impressed at how fast you got out because I was like, we were like sprinting and you were like 20 meters in front, literally. <laughs> I Your first 400, I wonder if we can go back and try to find it because I bet you it was like a 56 or 57. I, yeah, but I settled. I felt pretty good for three laps and then I started to get caught and then I was like, I'll oh, just chill with Kurgard and, and Kit too. And then, and then, uh, there, was boy, ba- there was some good battles going on though. Our boy, the goose came through. Yeah. He was actually the only one who didn't get out hard. Yeah. So maybe he, he actually probably ran it the best out yeah. of that team. So he came from back. So yeah, George and I had a nice, nice moment 400 meters in where was, we were running next to each other and we were like clear of everyone. I was like, I said something to you. Yeah. I, can't remember what I think you was. were like, well, that worked out well. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I said. That is what I said. I was like, oh, that worked out well. Because then we, just, we were just all at the front of the race. Yeah. I was like, well, it was Ollie and Mario. And then me and Ollie you. Ollie and Mario was out with me as well. Mario yeah. got out And then I could quick. feel Clicker right behind us. Yeah. I was like, all right, well, there's five of us in the top five. So. Yeah, it's like, well, we're probably not all going to die. We're probably going to yeah. secure this. So it was good. But it was very challenging because... Yeah, we definitely did go out a little bit too hard, I would say, because definitely. So it was five laps of the course, and on the first two laps, I was feeling it. Like I was like, not I don't know if redlining is the right word, but I was like, yeah, I don't think I can quite keep this pace for a bit. But it was very cool because Ollie was on his own for that whole time, which was <laughs> yeah. he was doing his thing, cool to see. But then we had a nice pack, George and I, where we were running with Klecker yeah. and. Uh, Olin joined us after two laps probably yeah. and then we yeah, had Kiptu Kurg- and Kurgat for a little bit but then they went on a mission to get Ollie yeah and then I can't remember when Yared Yared was with us after one lap I think I don't know how long he stayed with us for I think for. he ran maybe the two middle laps with us I think he took off at the like, start of lap four yeah so it was like it was a good vibe in there it was it was funny because uh, so Olin Hacker he was someone who was like yeah he's definitely he wants he wants scouts. all he, he wanted wants, was to beat Morgan <laughs> yeah, for sure. he, definitely he wanted, wanted to, beat. to beat us yeah. and then he came up to us and then after the third lap I think he went to the front of our pack and I was like oh, god damn like because this is when I was like hurting I was in recovery mode I'm like man Owen's about to just drop us because he made a move but then yeah. after he made his little move he kind of slowed down I was like oh maybe he's not like he's actually like pretty gassed and then I still thought we were in a little battle then too because yeah. Kip 2 from NAZ was out front and Olin mm-hmm. I thought was about to take off and I was thinking I, I don't know what's happening behind you but no maybe idea. NAZ is actually in the putting, up, putting up a good fight yeah. here yeah, yeah you, you know, so I was feeling some obligation to to chase Olin down yeah. <laughs> I was like damn I gotta do this for the team yeah and then so during that time I guess they caught up to you Ollie. Yeah, so like I, um, so Dathan, <laughs> Dathan was just like, 
All right. Um, and, I, and I like literally kind of looked at him and said like, I was like, well, I'm at the front. Like if, t- if a teammate catches up to me, then we're just going to use that to, to push through. Because I actually felt very, very in control the entire race. Um, but I wasn't, I definitely think, and this is a bit of a humble brag, but if I ran that better, I would have probably been able to execute the race better. I just wasn't in a racing mode. I was more thinking like, I just want to get this race done as soon as possible. So I, I kind of went to the front um and i just kept going and then i was able to like you know those turns when you go up that hill yeah you're able to see the rest of the field mm. i saw kip two and kogat working together i was like they're gonna catch me for sure like i can't just run away from these guys these guys are absolutely like, they're studs so um i told we i don't know why i told weeding but i, I said to weeding i was like i'm gonna let them catch me and i'll, I'll stick with them and i and then i was like trying to get race to, yeah why did you why did you tell you him told that? weeding like <laughs> as you ran past him yeah why <laughs> because i wanted him to tell dathan so dathan didn't freak out that i was dying uh, but then dathan just said like then dathan went like i don't think weeding relayed the message or maybe didn't hear me but then dathan just said just latch onto them and just chill mm-hmm. so that's what i i did and then um wesley took the lead i think it was like a lap to go I think it was a lap. T- no, it was at the end of the fourth lap. Wesley started to die, and then Yard came up, and I was like, "Oh, this is unreal. We have a teammate here." So Yard goes in front of me, and I just like sit on Yard, and then we're kind of just like together. And uh, near the, like the end of the race, because we went through all that sort of stuff, Kogart was like three seconds ahead. Near the end of the race, um, we get onto the track, and I could just tell that me and Yard definitely had more legs than than uh, than Kogart, but Kogart was just like he just ran that way better tactically, and just like ran through and won that race, which he ran extremely well. Um, but Yared, man, I thought Yared had an unreal race. I thought yeah, that was so it, sick to see. Particularly with, like, the way his running style is, I just didn't think his, like, form would do well on that course. But then I think Ritz went back to me and said, like, yeah, like, because he's, like, kind of light, I think maybe that's why he was, he did well over the course maybe. But he's just also just, like, an absolute racer. Like, he just, he's he a comp- competitor. And that was pretty sick to see. And then also very wholesome moment from from george going into lane uh, eight to let morgan get those uh those points hashtag mm-hmm. not textbook george yeah hashtag, hashtag, opposite. hashtag opposite textbook george <laughs> very wholesome moment yeah, um, that was lovely that was the cool thing about like because we our team crushed it three four five for the coffee club. yeah three four five for coffee club our team pretty much crushed it we were all together and like yeah six in the top nine yep and we finished through and and like I just the the moment after that, like with the team, it definitely made me feel like I was back uh Big Tens Wisconsin. Like it was a really nice moment. And uh that was the one thing I loved about the meet was just like and also just grinding with with the boys. Like we trained so much together to be able to like win a cross country race like that. Um, that was pretty fun. So It was a that was a ton of fun. Yeah. The the it course was. didn't make it not fun. No. We'll make that clear. Mm-hmm. No. It was just scary. Like I we had a bone to pick about scary. the course beforehand and after, but during it During was, it was just like it, it was, was zoned in, yeah, and it was cool, like because like, I mean, t- like it's December, like for us, it's just such such an early indication of the year, but it's a good idea of where we're all at, and I think we're all like really freaking fit. Yeah, I so think it just showed that. It just showed like for Ritz is like he is t- a tick a box, like no one got injured, tick, shows everyone's fitness, tick, win the team title, tick, like t-shirt jerseys were a vibe. T-shirt tick. jerseys were the best. <laughs> good to be able to do that. That Bring little hat out. too. The little hat I had. The hats were that, cool. uh, Did you wear that as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You and, and Joe. Joe. And Joe. Joe had the yellow one. Dude, those hats with the t-shirt, that was a vibe. That was a good yeah. look. That's our cross-country kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One race a year. That's the kit. I, sure. I loved it. I loved like, just, like, winning a team title with the boys. And like you can just tell that everyone's like, just like, yeah, OEC, yeah. Like, it's yeah. it just fucking cool, man. Yeah. I, I thought it was sick. Like, I mean, it just, it wasn't even close. In the no. <laughs> Which mm-hmm. is kind of crazy. I know how... 
how it fits some of those guys. Yeah, how good those well, teams this are. This is this is the thing that like I don't know how you guys feel about it. I don't think that like course obviously the fittest people are always going to come out on top, but like there is a horses for courses kind of situation where I think if there was a different environment, different course, I think it would be a different result. Like yeah. there'd be people there that would yeah. come through better than others. Maybe, but there you are right. Like fitness does prevail, but in general, like that course, like you just yeah, it's just different difficult i think it's more difficult for others and we yeah. have people asking us after the race like what have we been doing like to yeah. get so fit fog, dude, fog dogs bloody chat in my ear off dude this is the thing we had body. last year remember? telling me they've been doing 20 by k and yeah. stuff and flag this is the thing we had last year with um in boston yeah when we went yeah. 1309 and 1312 we literally like we said we hadn't touched the track we did some like mostly just t- fart legs and thresholds to be fair those fart legs and thresholds were unreal we were crushing it which we have been fortunate enough everybody's been killing it but then when we're at boston everyone's asking us what track workouts we're doing everyone's thinking we're at the track just ripping case just it, we're very fortunate i think that with just that base consistent base and training together that just i think that's such a um underrated i think it is underrated but that is part of it but i'm gonna give my my two cents on it oh give me this a- i think there's a lot of it is the mentality with created on the team they're like if you put on an oec and i think this for mario mostly i think if mario was on any other team he wouldn't have been leading after 200 meters <laughs> but if yeah. he puts on an oec jersey and the expectation is that we're all going to go to the front and we're going to crush this so he's like all right i'm, I'm, I'm fucking in it like, okay i'm this doing is, it this is interesting that you say that because i think yarrow's a competitive <clears throat> crusher but i think he might have had the same thought process however the way you describe that is that the same in nau when you put an nau jersey on they're oh like i'm God. going to the front i'm crushing it all makes sense now it all makes I sense think, i think there is something about there's that. something because you join that. the team that's just the yeah. expectation that like it's you're not expected to to go out conservatively because mix burn like, used to preach that he said when you put on a wisconsin jersey you could put on the heritage and like like what this program represents and all that sort of stuff. And I definitely felt that at some points, but I wasn't thinking about that a lot. Whereas like, I think that idea of like, if you're wearing an OAC kit for Mario or for, for Yara, like their first few times racing in that kind of kit, it's like, it holds that kind of like weight of these talented ass runners in this group in Boulder. Like, I think also we're obviously very fit, but there's definitely, and you've talked about it before, like putting people mm. on a pedestal. You can't do that. And I think that maybe there's a situation where other people are putting like the OEC on a pedestal or something. So they're not even like kind of bothering yeah. to get to the point at the front where they're like racing us. They're probably, but we just go there and we're like, yeah, Owen, gonna, Owen did make crush. an Instagram post though about it. He said, that, he, he said he had a plan. He said the plan was to let Ollie go out super hard and then catch him when he <laughs> dies, was able to achieve half of that plan. But the problem is he didn't achieve half of that plan because I didn't really die. Well, maybe he's talking about the you going out very hard part then. Oh, maybe letting Ollie go out super hard. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think that might be what he's yeah. saying there. Because I, I was looking at it, I was like, I don't know what he means. Like, I think he's saying that part. Yeah. But like, good but, joke. But it's a, it's a pretty good joke. But also, like, the NAZ guys, they have like, they were kind of like us. I feel like they were kind of like our team when we first started. Like, hungry, want to like prove themselves kind of thing. And I think they got a really good group there. I think I'm excited to see what they do. Those backpacks, man, they're, they're ugly. Yeah, they got to work on those backpacks. backpacks. They look shocking. <laughs> yeah. Can't I mean, I can't doing. talk about our backpacks if you don't have any, really. We have those black little ones. Those ones are nice. But yeah, they're not on. The Hoka ones? <laughs> the hoodie was nice, those. though. The old one was wearing. That was nice. Yeah. 
No, I, I think what you're saying there, George, is definitely accurate. And then also, once you're in the race, like that's like sets the tone for the mentality of it. And then once you're running, and for example, this is what I was feeling when I'm around you and Joe, it's like, well, I, I know I've been able to stick with these guys for like a good amount of workouts. I know these guys are super fit. I know I'm super fit. Like if I can just stay with them for as long as possible, like it's going to it's gonna it's gonna be right like we're gonna do well yeah so we're gonna do great that's kind of just how it was and yeah very very cool to be in a race like that and the way it played played out was so sick i think i don't know what it was like from the viewer's perspective from a fan's perspective i think if you were there in person i have to think that it was a pretty amazing spectacle just being able to like have the people come through five times and just like the different obstacles and stuff i think that was sick one thing that i think was very cool was the fact that yared was our top runner because (laughs) you wouldn't have predicted it beforehand no um i think obviously like you look at us you probably just can say oh joe will probably be the top runner just based on like 10k fitness essentially i think he's probably the one person on our team who that course didn't suit no the most just i I think style of runner yeah but um i think so i was i've said this to the boys before this is just another plug for the the super distance league i think (laughs) it's so sick when you have a team race and the race is such that you can't predict very well how it's going to play out and who's going to win like i don't think anyone would have predicted that ollie would be able to gap the field by that much i mean or that he was actually going to do it and hold on to it for that long and then hold on so well at the end and i don't think people would have predicted that yared would have been our top runner but i think that just makes it so much more exciting compared to Mm. i don't know a track 1500 or 5k where it just goes exactly as where you expect it the way Mm. you expect makes it more exciting i mean that that's that's one of the things that our sport definitely lacks is a bit of bit of uh like upsets you know just exciting and like imagine if you had that type of race you obviously bring it up a bunch of notches with more teams and more people in there but you have like races like that 15 or 20 times a year Mm. and it'd be so cool i think to from like a fan standpoint and just it'd be so interesting to witness it and i think it's really cool as an athlete to be in a race like that where um you know george and i came fourth and fifth and like we didn't win but like you come away from that feeling like really good still it's like mm-hmm. the team won it's like you put in you know that you put in a great effort you know that you're fit it was track has like a lot more pressure to it i feel like yeah well, i mean that, that's the same with like i'm would i have liked to have won that race sure but i think finishing second third fourth and fifth that was fucking sick and we yeah, did yeah. we did it in like a way that looked dominant but also like we got the job done kind of thing and that was exciting to be able to celebrate that with the team but it also just proves to each other that like we're in a really good place now at the start of the year like it's december we want to be firing like in freaking august uh, september so to have that situation um where everyone's like kind of in a good spot apart from i think joe was disappointed Mm -hmm. but like you just get those races and also like he's gonna be fine like he's joe i think joe's like done a really good job with his training so far this year and i think he's going to crush it moving forward because he's been so smart about how he's been uh, been training but in general like, i thought it was sick i just chicken boy league starting the first <laughs> yeah. race as a cross-country race i think like that would be such a cool way to start because like even if you have a winner you when you start that league and start the points you just don't know it's, you know it's going to mix up throughout the year so starting with a cross race maybe in, in sydney 
<laughs> Sydney. Uh, or New Let's Zealand or somewhere and then like doing a track race in Sydney. Like and you do a bunch and then you go around races. the world and you start with a cross country race. It, that would be sick because like it's just so there's so variables. And then the next week it's like a three K. Yeah. It's so different. The spectacle shows that the super sick distance league definitely has to <laughs> Are we calling it that or are we call it the Chicken Boy League? <laughs> Let's call it the Super Sick Distance <laughs> League for now. <laughs> has to have a cross country race in it. But it has to be on a better course. It has yeah, to be on yeah, a better yeah, yeah. course. And we would and never race in a course race, like that. Would, in would, would, don't worry. Da, yeah, wouldn't. I mean, Dathan... That we would never let that be in We walked league. away from that and Dathan was very, very happy. But Dathan also hated the fact that all these coaches were coming to me and goes, yeah, hopefully we don't get... Like, athletes don't get injured. And Dathan's like, that's not a prerequisite to going into a cross-country race. But in general, he said... And I know he's probably spoken to Jesse too and said like, we'd love to come back. 100%. But we, if it's on a better course. He said, if it's, if it's something like that again... We probably won't come back. But if you have a good course for our boys, love to do it again. And it's then a great until, way to start the season. Until Bowman shows up, yeah. you're not going to see a true representation of the best pro teams head-to-head against 100%. each other in America. 100%. And the only way they're going to come is if it's on a bit. They're not coming to that yeah. course. 100%. Like, they're, I mean, they're not coming. Even if they flew in, Jerry would just tell them to do a workout. He wouldn't put them on that course. <laughs> yeah. So the only way to get us... To race against them in cross country, yeah, is to make a bit of course. Okay, that's the, that's the question. Everyone wants How to see do you guys it. think that would have gone? We would have won that day. We would have won. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> that would be crazy. You know, battle. you know what would have changed? I think is our mindset would have shifted to like we're gonna fucking beat Bowman because like I think <laughs> when we're going in, we had a lot of great teams around us and like an upset. We were definitely the favorites, but an upset could have happened. But I don't think we felt as much pressure as if Bowman were there. If Bowman were there, we have something to like. Okay, we could like these guys are amazing the top team in the world. We want to race them. We want to compete against them. I think that would have changed our mindsets in particular. Um, I think we would have definitely been in a different situation where we would have just pushed way harder to, to, to make sure we got a team title. I, I believe. That would have been so exciting. It would have been so good. <laughs> and I think that's <laughs> going to happen. Hopefully Jesse can like create, use maybe the hype that we got from his cross race, get a good course uh, wherever it is next year and is able to get Bowman to come. I just, yeah, I just don't see them turning up though. Yeah. It, regardless of how nice the course is how great Jesse sets everything up I don't see them turning up I don't see Jerry doing that because I don't see him well, we, oh, we can't get time off school obviously but <laughs> I can't see him making that Finals decision <laughs> to send the guys there unless they just like do they just go like they just do it for I training yeah, I don't so. think it's happening either they just don't they, they, they got their they got their plan their schedule worked out and it does not involve it does not involve country, country racing the fact that they did the Ikadin relay though yeah they gives did gives me a little bit of hope you're right because that was, that was pretty random. Yeah, but they're not racing us. That's American. They don't. They they, they don't want to race against Coffee Club. That was a publicity stunt. They don't want to race against Coffee Club. Yeah, we'll see. Maybe that's the dream. Maybe. Well, the dream is. This is my dream. <laughs> the dream is that we get them there, and then Mike Smith Elite turns up as well, and then we're able to have a Coffee Club episode right after the race with Michael Smith and Jerry Shoemaker. And we have them together, and we just let them let them talk, and we just sit there. And we watch don't even them. say anything. We don't even say a word. No, Morgan does the introduction, and that's just, it. And then they just witness, talk to each other. Just witness it. Just witness glory. I think that just that'd probably just be Mike Smith talking to <laughs> and Jerry just sitting there not saying much, which I'm all for. I'm all about that. But I just want to see Jerry react to what Mike's been saying. You know? Nah. Do you reckon be... they've ever had a conversation, those two? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Interesting. I'd love to. I'd love to be around. They they get invited. Fly on the wall. They get invited to places that we don't. We don't even hear about the, the it. Illuminati they're club. in like the, the inner, inner, inner room. Circle. Yeah. The inner circle club. The inner is Ritz in that? Inside the inner room. Do you reckon Ritz is in that? Or is he At one on point he was. <laughs> At one point he was. Not anymore. <laughs> he was knocking on the door now outside. Yeah. Let me in, let me in. 
<laughs> yeah, if he keeps up, he'll be he'll be invited back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the race. Overall, we were so happy. I think it yeah. was just very fun, great, just like kind of raw in terms of just the the stuff that makes you fall in love with running. Don't laugh at that word, Ollie. <laughs> raw. It was a real raw experience. Real, real raw XD. <laughs> so it was cool. Um, any other takeaways from you boys? We had a lovely barbecue after it. Barbecue. I, that was where I, mm. I felt like I had a small victory because I fucked up the order for the for the curry, but I nailed the barbecue. You missed out, unfortunately, because you're with your uh, cousin. I also I got barbecue. Oh, you got barbecue as well? Okay, so you went got in this. Rome. Delicious. Rome. Yeah, you got to. Um, so that I, was cool. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, I think that was a pretty good summary, yeah, honestly. Yeah, I think we covered everything. Uh yeah. In general, um, this is going to be the last pub we do, and then we're we're all going home. Yeah, that's what's happening now. It's kind of crazy. It's it's only December fifth, but the first one to leave is mm. George. First one out of the nest. Yeah. He, uh, George, how mentally checked out are you right now? <laughs> like, are you just like, I need to be home. He's right in now. New Zealand. He's in New Zealand already. He's been in New Zealand for a week. Maybe on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mentally, I'm on the beach. Yeah, it's funny because I don't get homesick except for probably the three days leading into yeah. when I go home is when I start getting very excited. You know about when it. I used to get, I didn't used to get homesick at all, but then when I got into, a, I don't know if you got this with Air New Zealand, I get into a corners flight and they do the the safety oh, yeah. thing and you see all the like the. the We're just hearing the accents. The accent, <laughs> but you see all like the places in Australia, like they do all the um, safety stuff. I get very emotional when I see that because it's like, oh, I'm going. I'm at, like it, the brain switches on. I'm going home. And I do love getting on the plane and the flight attendants have. Yeah. Dude, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like when you're in America, you forget how nice the our accent sound at home. Not trying to disrespect Even the American the accent, but it's just like it's so soothing the Australian accent to me. We we're accent not going to have that because so soothing. We're, oh, flying, like we're flying United, so we're not going to have that. However, <laughs> the the awesome thing that well, because Morgan to our listeners, Morgan hasn't been home in three years. It's been 2019. It's wild. So dude. my I've mom been home in two years. Yeah, I've been home. I was home very recently because of the trials, um, mm-hmm. which I'm very lucky to have. But it was only ten days. I didn't really get to be yeah. home. In general, my mom is more excited for Morgan to come home <laughs> than I am. She is like, she, and and like that's a nice thing because like I think she knows how your parents or your family who hasn't seen you in a very long time feels uh, to have Morgan home. So it's nice to be on the same flight and see Morgan react to uh, smelling the sweet air of Australia, uh, oh, being so home good. and uh, hugging his parents and seeing his, his little cats that have been waiting uh, for him at his house. So I'm very excited for Dude, Morgan Yeah, I think a couple back. of them died. Uh, your mum said two, two, two of them died. That's how long you've been <laughs> yeah. gone. Not to kill the vibe. But no, but, the, but apparently there's like three left. I think there's two. Two, two or left, three. Two or three. Yeah. I just remembered I said I'd come to Sydney if Australia made the World Cup final. Fuck. Rip. Let, right. Okay, that damn. You just you just the soccer the soccerers. The soccer. I tell you what, good on them for making it to the knockout. It's very hard to do knockout stage. And so impressive. Definitely not one of the best teams we've put up for sure. Right, we've had some pretty good teams like Tim Cahill and and um, what's the guy with the V in his last name? Mark Viduka. Viduka. And uh, what's <laughs> the goalkeeper? We're just we're just mentioning random. This is the 2006 soccer yeah. team. We're just mentioning. Well, and my brain's not working. Swarta. But in um, general, the like they, they made the knockout stages. Congratulations to them. That was pretty amazing. Um, but I'm, I'm upset. Cup, so. I'm upset because then George would have been in Sydney for the World Cup final. And uh, but maybe we can get him to Sydney somehow. We'll persuade. Next time, do a coffee club exclusive in Australia. Let's see what the fans say. Yeah, but so we'll starting next week. The episodes will continue but they'll just be via the the interwebs but on the cloud yeah so we're very excited to be heading home soon ollie and i are still here for like another week yeah or so so we'll be around but yeah um i think is there anything else i think that was a nice little summary of the race i think 
just definitely can't overemphasize how cool it was to actually be able to go to a race as a whole team all doing the same race or kind of the same goal so once the six what do we call it super sick distance league happens that's going to be our reality every weekend so just we have that to look every forward weekend. to so <laughs> that's what we have to look forward the double to. sde private jets yeah, exactly just getting yeah. looked up. Just have all these celebrities turn up to watch us run. Harry Styles yeah. is uh, shit, waving the flag, you know, like in F1. And that's what it's going to be. Yeah. So Instead, we'll be, we'll be back in January for the cheat code that is BU Endor. Yeah. We're going to use that cheat code to the full extent of it. And yeah. it's still working well based on last weekend. Hey, I like it. I like it that because people have expectations when they go run an outdoor 5K. This is interesting. I've never run on it, so I need to get at least one run on that track before they ban it or whatever's going to happen. But yeah, I think that's it for episode 63. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.